0: welcome back to his and hers I'm uncensored with alshay and whitney hi tonight's guest will be israel king yo he's a good friend of mine he uh i haven't seen him in a while he moved to the west coast but tonight we get to uh have a nice discussion um so go ahead and introduce yourself
1: oh, okay well first of all thank you guys for having me no,
2: no problem, problem. Um, yeah
1: oh yeah appreciate the love um man uh how would i introduce myself i do a little bit of everything i'm um first and foremost i'm a lover of jesus christ mm-hmm. um but i uh i definitely have my hands in the media so I started out in music back in 2003, um, doing a music production. So, ended up building a production team. So, I'm one fifth of the uh, Mighty Genius Club, um, a production team out of Atlanta, Georgia. We've done a good bit of music here and there. Um, I do videography, photography. You can catch me on Instagram too with my photography. Um, that's at Israel King, I-S-R-E-A-L, K-I-N-G, all one word. Um. Yeah, what else would I say? Well, right now, God has me. I've kind of shifted a little bit from the music. I still do it, but my main focus now has kind of been uh, really bringing healing, man, to... My passion is bringing healing to the Church of Christ. Mm. So um, I've been working on a curriculum. It's a healing curriculum for churches for the prison system for the youth and it's pretty much going to be geared towards dealing with childhood trauma mm. um healing wounds and teaching people new coping mechanisms when it comes to stress and stress management so uh right now what i'm putting together me and my wife started the company it's called the love tribe company um, the love tribe yeah the love tribe company
0: okay i like that and, i uh, like that. Uh,
1: mm-hmm. uh, thank you brother yeah you know <laughs> israel had 12 tribes but now we're all in christ and so our tribe now is the tribe of love you know so Mm, nice um what we're doing with that is we're creating curriculums that's based towards the church to like i said you know just different aspects different arenas um we even want to offer our curriculums to the business arena too Um, like tech companies since we're in san francisco Um, but what it pretty much is is teaching people how to become emotionally aware, to teach emotional intelligence. Mm. And then to teach people how to express their emotions through music, it's mostly music. Oh. So it's very heavy uh, music therapy.
0: So, so good question. Is this gonna be like, uh, is it gonna be like a uh, young teen to adult or you're going younger than teens?
1: Oh yeah, we are even going younger than that. Um, so starting out, our first two demographics that we're addressing are gonna be the prison system mm. and uh, right. the teenage youth. Um, Because if you look at the statistics of just suicide rates in our nation, the highest demographic in that and growing super fast is the teenagers.
0: Right, right.
1: Right. Um, And and the reason why is because it's kind of like when crack came out, right? When, When they released crack into the black community back in the 80s. Right. Nobody knew what the effects of crack would be. It wasn't until a decade later that we were looking back and was like, "Yo, you might not want to mess with crack. (laughs) Right. So like, yeah. And so when you look at the kids that are teenagers now, they're the first generation to be born having access to tablets and and social media from the time they were toddlers. Right. And so we're now just seeing the effects of what that does to a human, you know. Right, right. Um, and the sucky thing about it is that our 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 nation isn't really addressing this or even making this known. It's like it's uh, swept under the rug, but it's so needed. You know what I mean? Because can you imagine being? I mean, think about the pressure we dealt with as teenagers ourselves. Right. You know what I mean? Can you imagine? And all we dealt with was comparing ourselves to people that were our age, that went to our school, maybe in our state, our city. Can you imagine being a teenager and being able to see what every other teenager all across the world was doing?
0: Right. Absolutely.
1: What would that do to your confidence, to your. Right. Uh, the way you see yourself? You know what I mean? It, right. it, it takes that comparison of you comparing yourself to a whole other platform. You know so, Right. Yeah, so the the program is pretty geared towards teaching them how to work through those.
2: Um, It's interesting that you stated that because, well, first of all, um, everybody may or may not know, but I am um, a therapist here in Georgia doing mental health therapy you know, that encompasses all age groups, uh, substance abuse, co-occurring diseases. Um, But I'm also studying my, getting my doctoral degree right now to uh, basically in counseling education to basically teach other counselors to be counselors. And uh, Mm. a part of the conversation um, is, and, and I've heard people argue, you know, when you say social media, it's like, if you take bullying where you say it might've been your high school, your town, your city, the, that's where you had to worry about being bullied. Now you're taking that bullying because, in before social media and before it, the internet was as big, big as it and accessible as it is, you didn't have to worry about taking that home with you. Home was a safe haven for you. But since we have social media, you know, people are getting bullied over social media, and so they're taking that home because they still. They can't escape it. They're at home, they're on their phones, they're on their tablets, and they're being bullied. So mm-hmm. um, right now um, I'm doing a lot of research because there's a big gap in research because like you said, it took 10 years for us to realize the effects of it. So there's a, mm-hmm. a gap in research, especially in the black community um, for normalizing mental health treatment. It's becoming a thing mm-hmm. now where it's more so normalized just just as um, not on the level of uh mental health but even for breastfeeding those are these are things that are becoming normalized which social media is the gift and the curse because it's the curse because you are you have the negativity from it but then it's also a gift because you're able to get the message to the masses Mm so um right now i am doing research on you know studying that most of the black community is centralized around the black church and dating back to slavery how important the black church was or religion was for people to get through slavery if we get that positive message of getting mental health care through the leadership of the church then it could have a trickle-down effect to help the parishioners of that community or of that um following so that's that's what i'm actually studying right now um I'm planning to do my dissertation on if it's accepted is normalizing mental health in the black community through the, um, Christian church. And so I think it's, it's important. I really commend you and your wife on what you're doing because it's important that we recognize just the severity of what mental health is because, you know, every day I'm reading newer news articles for younger kids who are committing suicide and then mm-hmm. you have those who are purposely doing it but then also because
0: there's a lot of uh, viral game trends right. who are accidentally doing it right. too because of the internet right. and how the influence is
2: because they're so influenced by social media people you know are going live trying to escape death and they're not making it out right,
1: mm-hmm. right. but see and that, that has that hits on a whole another issue, right there, what you just said, because, um, which is why, man. And, and speaking of the black church, or really just the church in general, but specifically the black church, when we're talking about our demographic, um, it's really huge because the the number one need for the human soul is love. Like, mm-hmm. we're, we're we're driven towards it, you know. Like that's we it's were created to, to love. be in relation. It's hard
0: to hate. It's, it's really a job to eat
1: yeah well I, I wish it was easier to love and this is what I mean well I'll explain what I mean um like in the beginning we were created we were created to be in relationship with love like the Bible says that God is love right so in the beginning Adam and Eve were in relationship with love itself right right and and when they sinned they were separated from that. So a man has become separated from the greatest need of his soul, right? The greatest need that we, we have is to be in fellowship of God because what God offers, no other human can offer. And what that is is, see, I think one, we just have to redefine even what love means in this nation, like, um, because when we say love, we usually mean this emotion or this feeling, or, you know, I'm doing this for you, I'm doing that for you. but. when when the Bible talks about love and it talks about the love of God, it's this Greek word named agape, right? Which means like a completely selfless love, Mm -hmm. which means that I've completely forgotten about myself and everything in me is geared towards you, whether I feel like it or not, right? I mean, it's it's so perfect when you look at the cross, right? Like Jesus is getting beaten to death and he's still so selfless in his love that he's saying like, Father, forgive, forgive them. But like right. he was still focused on them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, yo, like, whoa, I don't, I ain't never seen that kind of love before. I've never felt that kind of love before. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. Somebody could say something to me wrong. You know what I mean? And me and my wife may get in a disagreement over something. You know what I mean? So it's just like, but but that's how far we've been disconnected from, as the church, from what God's love really is. And I, so we're supposed to. Uh huh.
2: I just think it's important. I just wanted to say this before, um, for the thought. A lot of times what I deal with, because I particularly work with the juvenile, um, the teen age group, and a lot of mm-hmm. the girls who I work with, they their definition of love is so cute that
1: oh my I'm, I'm
2: looking at them like that. You can't possibly think that that's love, but then I have to remove myself from it and look at what their norm is. And that starts mm-hmm. from how or their visuals or what they were taught prior to thinking that they're giving love. So yeah. they have they have learned to function in their dysfunction and they're thinking mm, this, mm. Is what they're, wow. this is what wow. it's wow. supposed to be. Wow. And to me, yeah. I, I can look at them and, and step outside of myself and look at them and say, okay, this is not right. But then I have to remember a time where I was in a place Where I love with conditions, or I receive love with conditions, and I receive love that was totally dysfunctional, but that's what I knew.
1: Yeah. And I think a huge part of that is that the standard of what love is is so distorted. Like so many of us, and even myself, like God had to show me this maybe a year and a half ago, like what I thought love was, was. Right. Because we can think that we're being selfless. And if you're not getting love from God, if God isn't living through you, if you haven't died to yourself enough to where God is literally living through you, you don't have God's love. Right. And the Bible says, if you know God, you will have agape love. Mm. If you don't know Him, you won't have it. Right. right. And so, and it, it's, it's very hard. Only, you you can only only the Spirit can really reveal to you if you're really walking in that. But I say this is that. Um. When i first got married i was like i'm a server right i just love like loving my wife i'm romantic so i'm like serving my wife you, maybe you need this you need that you need that going out like going out of my way like, right in for her, right and then she would complain about certain things like oh baby and i would get so upset i would be so offended because i was be like what like i do this i did that I did this and you really complaining about this little thing and what god showed me one day was he said yo like who did you do it for right and i was like oh well i was doing it for her man she don't even he was like nah 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 he said if you was doing it for her then why are you bothered right right he said really you wanted to be appreciated right really you wanted to be understood really you know so there's all these little things that we may think we're being selfless right we think that we have this agape love but if god really exposes the core of what's driving us it's still about us Mm Mm-hmm still comes down to me. I still want something. It's something in it for me. Right. Even if it's making me feel better about myself. Right. Like, I ain't being a good person. I am pleasing God. You know what I mean? And so, I say that to say that we as mankind, and when you look at the way that our whole nation, our, our, our generation, the generations are moving, we're moving so far away from that level of love, especially in the society that's capitalistic and materialistic. But what I was saying was, I'm sorry, I got
0: track but... oh hey can i just, okay. you got that? just mm-hmm. like um like before you was going when you was talking about that selfless stuff you know i wanted to say like but you already hit on it like we have to be careful with being selfless because like any addiction when you get a high off of something which like you said you were looking for the appreciation it becomes addictive so that's what you look for You know, I'm going to do this Mm -hmm. so I can get this in return. I'm going to do this so I can get this in return. But it's so Mm -hmm. easy to confuse that with living in the, I guess, light of God. I'm saying, or Mm -hmm. or
1: yeah, dependence, dependence
0: on you. Right, right. Because Mm -hmm. you feel good when you do good. So you start doing good for the feeling mm -hmm. and not for the. What's what's the word I can use? Not for the genuine. Yeah for not being genuine, you know? Because I've had some situations where I know I helped somebody and they were in need. Now, I didn't know that they were in need. I didn't know they were in need. Mm -hmm. So when I helped them, that high of you really helped me, man, it made me feel so good inside that I wanted to do it again. But just like any drug, if it feels too good, you know what I'm saying? You're gonna continue Mm -hmm. to go for it and it changes your uh, uh, desire for that drug, like football players, they love the sport. He tears his ACL. Now he's on these pain meds. The pain meds is to get rid of the pain so he can do physical therapy and get back on the field. But he's starting to get dependent of that pain med feeling. You know what I'm saying? He's on that Mm -hmm. high. So now what's supposed Mm -hmm. to be good is now a negative thing. And the same thing can happen with The uh, love that you are speaking of as far as God, you know, doing it for God.
1: Mm -hmm. Because we're not being selfish after that point.
0: We're not being selfish. We're being selfish. In the Bible.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And the Bible said the Bible says that the heart is deceitful above all else. Mm-hmm. and so only god can really show us when we're in that place and when we're not but what you just said was so good you said genuine right and another word for that for me would bring up a- authenticity mm. right and so like especially when we're connecting this to the black community the black community yeah. we're so far from authenticity right like we got the sand in the black community, keeping it 100 keeping right, it real, right? <laughs> but emotional trauma is so bad in the black community right, right? and we don't really know ourselves at all, all. right? Because...
0: It was stolen from us. So I'm gonna
1: go into this, right? <laughs> um, what it is, is that like, well, first I'm gonna say this. If you just take into account, I had a conversation with a person about this maybe a month ago, because they were saying, oh, well, they were Latino. And they were saying, oh, well, I don't understand the whole thing with this black community. They keep talking about slavery and this and that, but man, that was like a long time ago. Now people are just choosing to be in this place and this and that. And so I had to correct them. I was like, yo, like you gotta really break down what has been done to the black community, right? So if they scientists have found out a thing called epigenetic mutation, right? Which means that they found out that not only genes get passed down to children, but memories, trauma, all of these predispositions right yeah. can literally get passed down to your children all that needs to happen is so the
0: just like the, way that just genes like the generational works, curse
1: yeah that exactly so which is proving the bible epigenetic mutation proves the bible right. right and so if you think about 400 years mm-hmm. oh, like of trauma right. 400 years of trauma and i'm talking about intense trauma they can take your kid away right. they can rape your wife right. They can kill your husband. You don't feel safe. What does that do to a community? Right. And when you look at black women and black mothers, right? Just this one one scenario. Black mothers tend to usually parent from fear. It's the one thing that keeps a black mother from really being able to nurture her child the right way because they're too afraid, right? Right. But this fear is literally instilled into them and it's in their DNA from slavery, right? right. And so what happens is, our genes are like a book and our, our i mean our dna our dna is a book of all the possibilities of who we can be everything all the potential that's been put in us and literally your mentality your thought processes literally trigger and turn on and off certain genes in your dna mm. right so what they've done is they've and what and that's why it, it's, it's systematic if you look at the media in the black community what is it always right it's, it's always it's, about killing yeah promiscuity drug right because what that does is they know if they get our people to keep listening to that music it's triggering all the trauma that's already in their DNA from slavery so they can't help but act out because they're being what what has already been placed in them through slavery has literally been triggered through the mentality that they're being put in through this media and so then what happens they act out of that they embrace it I mean look at it think about this think about this every other nationality and race, white people, Asians, they love hip hop. Right. They go to our concerts, they enjoy it and then they go to their nice little homes and they go, they don't they know that this ain't real. They go back right? to their reality. Yeah, they know that this is entertainment. But our people are the only one out of all the races that embrace this, embody this entertainment and literally try to live it out. But right? you I, we literally I
0: have uh, I have a a uh a reason for that though and this came to me about a year ago um mm-hmm. just out of the blue like I was coming out of all these and a Latin guy he pulled up in his uh in his uh car you know banging there uh some Spanish music and it hit me I was like wow I'm so far gone from my past that I don't even have a music which mm-hmm. we created hip hop and that's our root music. That's why mm-hmm. we're so let's keep it 100 about that music. And mm-hmm. another thing that's going on now is the media is trying to take that from us, you know, cause I did mm-hmm. re- well, you know, I was doing research on uh, the hip hop scene, you know, early on and you know, the BET, I don't even think it was the BET awards. Uh, uh some some other awards um and how uh will Smith and them you know they had an award and couldn't even put it on TV you know they did it off air i think yeah. i want to say i'm I'm not sure but I want to say Eminem was the first one to be aired as an award on TV don't don't yeah. you know quote me on that but I think it was like that you oh, know no that they gave mm-hmm. the white people more of the airtime than the black people when it was our culture. You know, what so-called mm-hmm. our, our oh, second native
1: Oh, but see, you just hit on something, bro. You just hit on, so we originally did have, so we, we had, and this is how smart Satan is, right? When it comes to manipulating, right? He's so manipulative. We created rock and roll music. Right, right? true, true, true.
2: When we created true, it, Lord. they
1: took it, and then they, they whitewashed it, uh-huh. right? And then they made it theirs, right right then we created jazz music right, right. Yeah. and it was like oh snap then they took that they whitewashed it and then they kept that right for sure so when we created hip-hop music they got smart they said you know what when we take it they disconnect from it so you know we're gonna let them keep it and this is the reason why you said the word bro we as black people lack a culture and a heritage right right trying to keep So keep those latin people can say yeah, they can say, oh, I come from Mexico. I come from this. We got our own language. We got our own this. We got our own history. Right? I can trace myself back to this. Right. Black people in America, we're literally the only people on the planet that's literally orphans. Right. We, we're orphans. You know what I mean? The Africans don't want us. they like, nigga, y'all don't belong to us. Right. You, can't, you know what I mean? There's nowhere we can go. So we've had to cling to something for culture. Right. And heritage. So what they did was they literally said, okay, we're going to let you keep it, but we're going to own it. Right. So we'll manipulate it and we'll use it for our agenda, right? Yep. And so because you know when hip hop first came out, it was positive. It was uplifting black Very. people. Very it, it made people want to be black, pop- you know what I mean? But then they shifted it. And what happened is with that, what they've done now is they've gotten it to the place where I mean think think about this, right? I, literally think let's think in the black community. You remember and this even contributes to the um false self in the the lack of emotional health in the black community when okay. you think about the fact that we look to hip-hop for our heritage right which is all this negativity right so think about it when you grow up in the black community you have all these expectations on you all of this pressure on you constantly because you're black right you have to fit into the mold that the black community says is black Right. and if you don't you're not black if you don't right. talk like hip-hop talks you ain't black. You ain't black if you enough. don't dress like hip... Exactly. If you don't dress like hip-hop dresses, you ain't black. Right. If you don't... You know what I mean? So it's like, literally, that's become our heritage. Right. You saying that you don't want to dress like this or talk like this is literally the equivalent of a Mexican kid going home and saying, Ma, I don't want to speak Spanish no more. Right. I don't want to eat Mexican food no more. And they'll be like, nigga, what the hell is wrong with which you? Which is like, the birth this of... This where you come from.
0: Which, which is the birth of, if you're educated, oh, you talking white.
1: Yep. You ain't black exactly so it's like you have to fit into these molds right. but what does that do to your true identity Right. because in the black community we, we have the standard on us to fit into this It give us a model that literally it's a box yeah yeah it's, and it's a limitation and it's not a good identity right <laughs> yeah right. I mean? it's not a good identity if you're in a black community and the person wants to fight you and you walk away from it nigga. what the hell is wrong with you right yeah you know i mean you're like to fight there, there's yeah, it's, it's so many just wrong mentalities that have been nurtured you know what i mean and really all of it goes back to what you guys were talking about with the kids killing themselves right right because they're trying to get these views literally what satan and the powers that be have done is they've literally set up social media to play off of our need for love Mm -hmm. and so what they do is they give us this this cheap version of love which is called life right right which really it's gives fake validation. It's powerful. It's yeah. Super powerful. Yep. Yep. And I mean, I would With have the heart, to argue
2: to say that the word we are using the word um, love, but I think that it's more so validation, and that goes to everything. That's exactly what, what I was about to say. Because you said that's exactly what I was about to say. If you're looking, yep. if you're in a relationship and you're doing something because you want to get that feeling, you want to feel validated. um Mm -hmm. you post a picture you don't get enough likes like I have noticed you know more so because I have uh high school siblings they will take a picture down if it doesn't get enough likes whereas for me if I'm putting it up there that's what it is right it stays there (laughs) I, I I didn't understand it and so I I had a conversation with my sister she's like you know, well, it didn't. It didn't get enough likes, so it wasn't up to what her standard of validation was. And pretty much, I wanted to speak to her about that because, you know, just as females in general, before social media, it was models and, and um print magazines and everything that was the standard of what beauty was. And mm-hmm. I, I, I even have to come come speak to my do self-talk to myself about it because you know there's a standard or something of who I was in the past what I may want to be but I've changed because I've been a mom I've been stressed I've had life happen to me so my body is not the same but I've had to learn to accept who I was because I you can't. I don't really feel that I could be able to give love to someone else if I haven't did that own self validation like I, I don't need to look for that in my partner
1: Mm, That's what it
0: is. And that track. I tried my best to instill that in my uh nieces and nephews. Like I liked, like I grew up, you know, I went to white schools, mm-hmm. private schools and all that stuff. So I was um I had access to all the different music and everything. So I'm like, yo, I like rock and roll music. But like we were saying, it what we were saying just a little while ago, it was hard to listen to it because i wasn't black enough while i was listening to it so i grew up mm. trying to hide that but now you know my nephew how oh, he like seven he's seven and he likes it and i said yo be proud of what you like it is okay to be different so you know so you know I'm, I'm like be be proud that you like that don't let anybody tell you you can't listen to that music because you're not this color or you don't fit in this demographic you know what I'm saying? if you like it you like it you 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 uh do that you know so
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's rough it's, it's yeah, rough but
1: man. that's what's driving the, the the younger generation and yeah and real quick like yeah validation like all of this ties into what god offers right and so when i when i break down love what god really offers to this generation when i'm talking to kids god's love breaks down into validation um being understood or being known and um being desired right like those are the those are the drives that we have right Mm -hmm. and they all come under this umbrella of love and what satan has done is he's gotten really our it looks different every generation but it's the same thing really honestly like if you look at our parents generation it was really about as long as you get a job right go to college and get the job and make some money you know then shoot you you you're a good human being right or you've made it or you've whatever. Right. you whatever in our generation show. yeah and our generation they programmed us with the media to be like oh now nah, I gotta get a lot of money right. I can't just have enough money to take care of my family I gotta have a lot of money right. and I gotta have a bad chick and I gotta have, you know what I mean? Or you know what I mean? So it's like, so the women was looking like, oh, I need a lot of money, so I gotta get a man with a lot of money. Right. Then it changed to, no, I gotta get my own money. Nigga. I don't need yo man, need my own money. You know what I mean? And then,
0: because it used to be all you needed was, yep. was a car to get a chick.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. So it's like they've they've changed what, but now this younger generation is for me. a completely <laughs> different, and it's getting what. What you're seeing is you're seeing the desperation grow and <laughs> the need for love, right? And so. Now, 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 t- taking this into what like you were you were talking about earlier, like when we apply this to the black community, you know what I mean? You have the church is supposed to be where people are getting all these needs met, right? Like God is the source of these desires. Well, we're really desiring we, we only desire these because we need them, and we need them because we were created to have them, right? Mm-hmm. We were created for these, right? And so the church is supposed to be connecting people to that. But in the black, and, and I hate to say it, it's really sad, but in the black community now, you actually see there's actually a huge, and the Bible said this is gonna be a huge falling away. But you see a huge falling away in the black community. There's so many black people now that are walking away from the church yeah. and talking about some Egyptology and <laughs> black Hebrew Israelites and right. Kemet and all this other stuff, you know what I mean? But a lot of, a lot of just who we are has been abandoned a lot of people walking away from the church and the reason why is because they're they're not getting their needs met right that the bible says is supposed to be met what do you guys think, i'm gonna act out what do y'all think about that what do y'all feel like why is that i mean i mean because god definitely wants to give it where's the disconnect at? i you know?
0: It's, it's crazy because me and babe like we was talking about that um like I, I rarely go to church and mm-hmm. the reason I don't go to church is because I see more disloyal more backbiting more uh, uh, sinful acts in the church you know mm-hmm. my logic is on it is if you call yourself this so-called Christian and this are and this is coming from older Christians you know what I'm saying older Christians mm-hmm. who be looking down at the younger Christians you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. uh, looking at them with with their nose up and you doing wrong you doing this you doing that if you're supposed to be this you know holier-than-thou Christian and even if all week you know you had your nose up to everybody you was going through life and everything but if your heart was in the right place for that one day, for three hours, let's say the Max Church go, three hours, can't you be that holier-than-thou Christian for three hours instead of bringing that outside hate inside and deterring people and 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 uh, showing them the eye that the rest of the world is already showing them? Especially if you've lived life, because that's going to be your... Uh, uh, go to, like, I've been there done that, you know what I'm saying, like how you gonna try to teach me starting off with, you know, I've been there, I've done that, so do better, you know not even saying it in a negative way but after you say all those things, you I hear about you talking this about me, you talking that about me and that's in a, a lot of churches a lot of churches mm-hmm.
2: and, and to, mm-hmm. to go along the line of that, for me uh um, I attend church every Sunday. Um, what keeps me away from it is if I have class on Sunday. And that's because I'm not, it's not not to say that I hadn't experienced um, what they was talking about as far as like feeling like being judged because um, it's no secret that I had my daughter and I wasn't married. So at that time, mm-hmm. that's when I felt the most conviction or most judged At a time where I felt like I should go and this should be a safe haven, I felt um, like I was, you know, on trial. And what was my saving grace in that or or didn't deter me is because I have my own personal relationship. I don't think that the church is limited to the building. I feel like sometimes I may have a worship session on my way to work, or I may have a moment in the shower where I'm like, you know, God really showed me grace with this. And so that's just the amount, that's the confidence that I have to exude in my relationship with God, it's a personal thing. And so I feel like the older generations are more traditional, whereas my generation is asking why. So we want to know, for me personally, I want to know why things are this way or why do we have to do things this way or why, you know that's just the question that we want we want to know why because right. we need an explanation and that's not something that the older generation they just took what was taught and went with it whereas we want to know why we have to do it this way
0: and that may have worked for them you know that may have worked for them and uh another thing that that did it that kind of like the thing that keep putting that weight on my back to really give church the building a church a chance uh, is you know how they kind of like went after her uh, Whitney my my girl right here um, about bringing mental health to the church. They was like nah we don't need that here. Like what you mean we don't need that here? That's why it's so much uh, uh, bullying winning in the black community while we have the kids trying to commit suicide in the black community because we don't have counseling but the white people go to counseling they putting johnny on uh uh, they're they're taking johnny to the shrink you know he's coming back to my yeah i mean but you know that's what they said Mm -hmm. you know i'm saying using their terminology you know i'm saying he's coming back saying yeah i gotta go and see my shrink today you know yeah they're gonna do this and you know I'm saying like they're able to have those conversations or even if they can't get that uh, love from home and kids are going to rebel. They may feel it coming from their therapist because
2: they're asking them questions, and, which the church don't even want to do. And I think you you made a very good point when you talk about uh, your emotional wellness or your I like to speak of emotional intelligence because the message that the black community from my experience, what I, I've seen is um, the black male is not allowed to cry because that's that's a sign of weakness. Mm-hmm. And then the black female is expected to be strong. So you have all the messages are misconstrued and, you know, as I'm supposed to be strong or if I, you know, I can't, for me, I, I felt like the message sent to me was be the problem solver as a woman, you know, figure it out don't depend on anyone be independent and then the male is not even allowed to show emotion so we just have two people who probably are frustrated and filled with anger and don't know how to um, get their message or point across or even to communicate with each other
1: right mm-hmm. yeah and I think oh man there's so much to it I think on a huge level like first just addressing just the older generation like what really helped me Cause God really began teaching me like, yo, like the Bible says that as sin increases, grace increases. And so our generation has definitely grown much more sinful than the generation of the, you know, the older generations. Um, and so there's a grace on our generation. Right. This is what God told me. He said, there's a grace on your generation to understand these things, mm. because what he's doing is he's bringing the church back into its true identity the church has been what it has been lacking is identity right christianity isn't a behavior modification system mm-hmm. but that's what it's taught mostly in the black community right? right it's all about actions and behavior which is exactly what it was back in the time when jesus came and got killed right? right right it was religious people that killed jesus like, let us make that clear you know what i mean like right it was the religious people and so like you know in their in their generation Not to mention that, we're only... I I remember I had a time... God really had to show me this. I was uh, watching 12 Years a Slave one time with my pops. Right. This was a few years back when it first came out. And, like, just seeing the the cruelty in that movie, like, it hit my heart so heavy. And God really started showing me, like, bro, like, you're only a few generations from me. Right. We're not that far away from crazy, bro. You
0: know what I mean? Like, we're
1: only... a. Yeah, we're a few generations from that. You know what I mean? And so like, like the effects. It, it, uh huh.
0: No, I was I was just gonna say like you look at your grandparents and depending on how old you mm-hmm. are, like they were there. Yeah. 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 The their day. parents. You know.
1: Like, yeah. Some of their like parents random. were slaves. Yeah, man, it's it's crazy when you think about that. And so like, that whole concept of. You know, just thinking about how that affects a person and the fact that they just had to be strong. They, right. what, what slaves had to do is they had to just block out what they were dealing with in order to endure what they were going through.
0: Right.
1: right. And, when, and when you look at the way the psyche and just the human, um, you know, psychological system is built, that's what it does. It builds these walls to protect itself. And so, you know, all, the, all of our ancestors that were growing up in the 60s and the 50s and the Jim Crow laws and all that. That was such a, a, a shame-based culture. It was filled with so much shame. It was shameful to be black. And you were reminded of that shame every day. So in order for them to survive emotionally, they literally had to disconnect themselves from their emotions right. and only focus on reaching the standard, right? right. The standard was, um, which is, which goes back to the media, but back then the standard was get a good job, take care of your family, and make sure you know something. Be intelligent, right? Right that's when we had see see, the black community we always slide to whoever the leaders are you know so we're always looking to them to give us some image of validation what a, what a good human looks like what a good successful black man looks like so back in the 60s you had martin luther king malcolm x all these black leaders the black panthers mm-hmm. so that's what all the black people wanted to be right. all the young black kids were modeling themselves after them which was most of that was our parents generation right, right? but then after that after they destroyed them, the government, right. then they went into the uh crack
0: the game. They that. started create
1: yep. They started they they there was the birth of the gangs, yep. and all that other stuff. Yep, crack, all that. So then they created gangster rap. That's when they changed our music, you know what I mean? And all the black kids started molding themselves to that. And, in their mind, and, that's